All right, welcome to this week's Texan Overtime. I'm JT Lindsay, one of the podcast editors here and your host as usual. We're also joined by, you guessed it, our sports editors, Ross Burkhart and Alex Brasinio. That's right. Glad to be here. Uh, and we're also joined this week by our copy desk chief here at the Texan, Kirsten Handler. Hello. But Kirsten is here to make sure that Ross and Alex's grammar is better than it usually is in their articles. And uh, to, you know, just generally be a football knowledge person. She's actually one of the picks people. She's part of the picks pool every week. I am not. And I'm a little offended by that. But anyway, she's got some wisdom to espouse. We've got a packed show for you this week. Uh, talking about the Longhorns win over the TCU Horn Frogs this past weekend, um, and this was kind of a banner week, I think, for Texas to kind of prove that it had done something at USC and that it could right. capitalize upon it. Yeah. But before we get into analysis, I think you know next week where the next week the Longhorns head to Manhattan, Kansas, to play the Kansas State Wildcats. Now, Alex Brasenio is a noted fan of Kansas State coach Bill Snyder. So in honor of that, uh, my question this week is, if you could pick two college football legends, either players or coaches, to have lunch with, who is it and why? Oh, man. Bill is, he will always be number one. I got to talk to him for the first time at Big 12 Media Days. Uh, we didn't really talk about football. We just talked about how, how our priorities are messed up when it comes to where we invest our money as far as academics and uh, athletics goes. So that would be really awesome. He's like the Gregory Popovich of college football. Um, aside, Ross, do you not agree? Why would you call him Gregory Popovich? That's his name. Nobody has ever said that. I'm a Spurs fan. I can call him that. We're tight. You're just bitter because Kevin Durant left the Thunder. Okay. So number one would be Bill Snyder. Number two... Um, I'm going to go Mike Leach. I mean, well, there are some reasons to not pick Mike Leach, but he's a funny guy. I'll leave it at that. All right. Kirsten, who are your, who are your, who are your picks? Um, Cliff Kingsbury. Wow. On brand. Cool, cool. Um, for obvious reasons. And then I'm... Wow. What are those obvious reasons, Kirsten? Um, we need some... That's some, true. A little more analysis. You a big, okay. you big, air, you're a big air raid guy? Is that... You really like air raid? Is that why we're doing it? Sure. Um, and then I'm going to go with someone who is no longer in college and just say Michael Dixon. Wow. Shocking. Yeah. I know. It's really surprising. Why? Because he's the best. That's actually true. Like, he is the best. It's true. Not many people know this, but Kirsten Handler runs a Michael Dixon Stan account on Twitter. Maybe. Is it called Michael Dick Stan? <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, all right, Ross. Who are you having dinner with? Um, you said I've only uh, I've only got two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have somebody else bring a plus one. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Baker Mayfield there, and I also want Will Greer because I talked to him before the season, and he was my preseason Heisman candidate. So I want to follow up with him on that. And also, I feel like Brecken Hager if he's there. The night's gonna be good. Will Greer is so boring. He goes to I mean he goes to West Virginia. He can't be that exciting. Why would guy. you want to sit with a guy that plays for West Virginia? Because I want to tell him. Like, yeah, I don't want to go I don't want to go to dinner with Javon Carter and talk about like, <laughs> exactly. like lockdown defense. Well, like that's not that fun. Country music and moonshine? Yeah. Actually that sounds fun. That does not sound fun. Sounds pretty Imagine boring. Imagine 
the brawls at that dinner between Will Greer and Brecken Hager after he said the the moonshine joke. I feel like they're okay with each other. Why do you think that? I think Brecken and Baker would get into it. I think that would be fun. So. That I would think be good. Baker There's nobody else you would want. You just want to fight? No. No, that's it. That's Even sad. throwback. I am set, man. All right. Well, we got, this is a couple of interesting. A lot of you know the old. Everybody was all contemporaries. No formers. No real legendary. Well, because Bill's the guy. Well, he's the Gregory Popovich of football. They say. Hey, that's what they say. Um, but let's get into the Thomas Herman of football, and that's Tom Herman. Um, you know, and TCU uh, came to came to DKR this past weekend. Uh, and it was kind of uncertain. Last week we talked about this game. We weren't sure if the Longhorns were going to be able to kind of take the momentum from the USC game and capitalize on it. Uh, but Texas won 31-16 to in front of a crowd of 98,000 strong. Um, so here's my question. Here's everybody's question. It's the only question that anybody writing lazily about Texas since 2016 has asked, and that is, after this game, is Texas back? You see, that's not ever a straightforward answer. But I think this is definitely, if like I said on Twitter after the game, I said if USC was, was a, a step in the right direction, I think this is a big leap for Texas moving you know further towards that right direction where they want to be. Because, I mean, we said last week on the podcast – the USC win's not going to mean a thing. It would be like the Notre Dame game if they didn't win this week. And they had a bigger, tougher opponent this week in the Horn Frogs, and they came out, and they looked good. I mean, they were down 16-10, to 10, and then it seemed like TCU might start building up a lead, maybe run away with it, and then they bounced back. They The defense held them again. The defense played excellent, I mean, against a really quick unit um, with, the, I mean, the TCU wide receivers – but, I mean, all around, one of the, the best games that Texas has given in the last few years, just complete on offense, defense, and special teams. Okay. Ross is being modest. The answer has been very obvious. It's been clear. Texas has not been back until, I mean, I'm not going to say until now, but it's been obvious. There, it's not, uh, there's no gray area. When you lose to Kansas, when you go 5-7, and seven, when you go 6-6, six and six, it's obvious you're not back. You're mediocre, and you don't matter like you used to. Now, with that being said, you're getting to a little bit of a gray area now. I'm I'm not gonna say they're back, and I don't I don't know a lot of people that will, but um, I don't think it, that will be a fair question in a couple of months after the regular season and the and the conference championships are over, and you see what they finish with. I mean, I think it'll depend with the bowl game, who stays, who goes, but. That's not a, a serious question that I can answer until, you know, the end of the season. Um, so right now I'm going to say I'm going to give you a generic. They're going in the right direction, but this this gray area is a good sign. It, it, it this hasn't been gray since seconds after the Notre Dame game because it's been absolutely downhill for a long time. Um, I'm going with no. Because I'm not buying into the hype. Come back to me in a few weeks after we play Oklahoma and West Virginia. So just a flat no, not even not even a gray area. Though. Not even we're getting like the team is getting in the right direction. Um, maybe, but no. If we That's see a hot take, if we see Texas come out with somehow both wins, 
against Oklahoma and West Virginia. Will we get a definitive yes from you? They got to beat Kansas, too. They got to beat all the other teams. So, Kirsten's taking her first appearance and she's bringing Anything less than 11-1, and you're not saying that they are back. No, I'm just saying that Texas hasn't proven that they're back. It's all hype right now. We have all the coaches and all the players with a lot of hype. I get that. I get that. And so whether or not the speculation around their being back is true or that they are or that they aren't or that they're still working on it it doesn't matter i think that they brought that speculation they brought that hype from last week and brought it back to dkr with a big resounding win beat tcu 31 to 16 texas was reliant upon a strong finish to the game just like they were last week um scoring 21 straight to close out the game uh, and win that 31 to 16 but you know my question from alex is why is Texas a stronger second-half team now than it was even three weeks ago against Maryland? Well, I would even say before that, or after that, I mean, we saw what this team did against Tulsa. 28-21, almost give up a four-touchdown lead, three-touchdown lead. So it's just, it's not even going back to the Maryland game. It's just them coming out and realizing we're one half away from beating a ranked opponent in back-to-back weeks. And so, I mean, the, their their motto, any any player you ask, their motto is finish. I mean, they meet before the fourth quarter. They all huddle around each other at midfield. And, I mean, this is the thing that they've had to do. This was one of the biggest things they had to correct from last year. They were in, they were in so many games last season that they should have won. USC, Oklahoma State, they had a chance against Oklahoma, Texas Tech. And... They, I mean, they have a board in their locker room showing all of the leads that they had in the fourth quarter that they eventually lost. And so they're just slowly trying to chip away at all of those wrongs that they committed last season. Um, but on the field, I mean, this defense is starting to piece things together. And, I mean, compared to what Texas fans saw against Maryland and in the second half against Tulsa, I mean, th- this defense is slowly starting to become one of the best, if not the best, in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that by now. I mean, you've seen two back-to-back ranked opponents that they've played, and they've they've come out strong, and they've, they've finished stronger down the stretch. I mean, you hold you hold USC to, to 14, and then you hold TCU to 16. I mean, granted, um, with USC and, and JT Daniels, they didn't have the most explosive offensive performance, and, uh, and TCU gave up four... Uh, turnovers in the game but I think you definitely got to credit this Texas defense for what they've done over the last two weeks really bouncing back because even after a Tulsa win the the same questions remained that we saw against Maryland it was like I mean you guys you guys started off okay and then just kind of fell flat so everybody was saying what's happening how are you going to get the guys going how are you going to you know keep them going for four quarters of the game and I think, I mean, last night we definitely saw that they did that. In the last two weeks, Texas has looked like a second-half team. Mm-hmm. But in the weeks before that, we expected them to be more of a first-half team. And now they're slowing down in the first half. At USC, mm-hmm. against USC, they were slow. Against TCU, they put up uh, 10 in the first half, but they started off 0 for 8 on third-down conversions, which was a real killer. Is Texas now a bad first-half team? Is this going to be a lingering problem, or is this something that they can correct? 
I think that's interesting because while they were down in the first half going into the break, I mean, they had that late touchdown with, with Sean Robinson, the QB keeper, right at the end of the half. I mean, Sam Ellinger played a really great first half of football. Like, I think one of the best that he's shown here at Texas, just like as far as the, how the half goes. I think he had two or three incompletions, like maybe 115 yards, I want to say, off the top of my head. And, I mean, I think the offense wasn't wasn't great, but... They also, I think, were doing about as much as you could ask for. I mean, I mean, TCU. I feel like they've got a pretty good defense that ranks up in the uh, the top the top half of the Big Twelve. I mean, they were up there with Texas last year. So I think uh, just the way that you look at it is that um, you know the third down conversions early on that was a big struggle. That was something I was watching for most of the game, and then after that, I think they went five for seven and they really turned it around. So I mean, as of right now, it's it's kind of strange how. They've come out with these big wins, and we haven't seen their their best performances stick from one half to the other. It's always, you know, maybe they're good in the first half, maybe they're good in the second half, but we I don't know if we've really seen uh, a great game from start to finish. But, I mean, so far it's worked for them. And if they can keep finishing the way that they have down the stretch, I mean, I think the team could, could do big stuff in the Big 12 and, I mean, potentially compete for a conference championship the way they're looking right now. It's not a problem right now just because the defense is keeping them in the game. I mean, Texas should have had, there's no doubt, Texas should have had a lead if the offense can put up, you know, a decent amount of points in the first half, which they should have. They, they had plenty of opportunities. He had a couple of missed field goals. Um, they go for it on fourth and one. and thir- They had two chances to get one yard at around midfield, and they couldn't get it. Um, and so... There were times in the first half where this offense was struggling. Um, but, I mean, you're not going to hear as many complaints about that if Todd Orlando's defense can continue to hold offenses to under, you know, 16, 20 points uh, before the half. And so uh, that's kind of when you kind of see the the offense start clicking. Um, Colin Johnson had an incredible game again. Little Jordan Humphrey made some huge plays. And so at this point, it's it's – it feels like it's going to have to be this Texas defense that kind of weathers the storm in the first half until this offense can start clicking and put putting up serious points. Because if, if they have a a decent first half offensively, they should have put up 40-plus points, and this shouldn't have even been as close as it was. Yeah, I don't think it's like a problem right now, but I think that going forward it could be because if, if the defense falters at some point – and the offense can't put up any points, then that would be a problem against Oklahoma and even Tech down the road. That is a really good point, actually, because Tech puts up a ton of points. West Virginia, Will Greer can torch just about anybody in the country. And so uh, when this defense gets tested and Texas finds itself in a shootout, which it will because it's the freaking Big 12. That's what this conference – that's the backbone of this conference. So um, it'll be interesting because I do think – you know, Kirsten has a good point. This team is going to have to put up a lot of points, uh, at least in one game. Especially this against Tech. Yeah, um, Kyler Murray can torch a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Greer can. So th- this offense is going to have to put up points eventually, and they put up. I mean, I, I, this sounds like you know they're not putting up thirty plus points, which they have against USC and TCU. Um, but if they find themselves in a deficit, a big deficit at halftime. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how this team reacts. They've responded well so far. Um, but, you know, other than the Maryland game, we haven't really seen much of a huge deficit 
All right. All right. The offense put up 31 points again, you know, over 30 points again this week. Uh, seems to be overcoming some of the offensive problems that were kind of showing in the first few weeks. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the offense. What has changed from the first few weeks and why are they putting out such a strong showing now? I mean, for me, the answer is simple. I mean, Sam Ellinger has really, it, it seems like it's kind of gone under the radar, at least from what I've seen, but he's put together two strong performances in back-to-back weeks in really big games. Um, I know, you know, he's been taking some to the chin after some of the mistakes he's made within, I mean, even in Maryland, those were some bad throws that he made to cost, it wasn't just him, but it, I mean, he had the game-ending interception. And so seeing the growth from what happened at FedEx Field and even a couple of his throws against Tulsa to, to what he's done at TCU against TCU and against USC, I mean, that's been huge, you know, Giving the ball, giving a, a receiver like Colin Johnson and old Jordan Humphrey just the chance to go up and make a play, I, I think he realizes that that's really all he has to do sometimes. And then, you know, when you have guys like Devin Duvernay with, with the speed they have, and so uh, he he's a lot smarter, or he's playing a lot smarter than he did, you know, in the first week. Um, but w- that being said, when you, when you have receivers like Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan, it's it shouldn't be too difficult to put up the numbers that he's putting up. All right, and so um, after big wins against the Trojans, against the Horn Frogs, Texas heads to Manhattan, Kansas to try to extend their winning streak to four. Um, so I'm curious. Let's start with Kirsten. We're going to go around the room. Uh, how is Texas going to fare against Bill Snyder's Wildcats? I actually might pick Texas this week for this game. I have a little faith. Um, all right, twenty-seven, twenty-four, Texas. Twenty-seven, uh, tight finish. Okay, I think I think I'm going to go a little different. <laughs> I don't think um, we're going to see a whole lot of Texas offense, a whole lot of Kansas State offense. I think maybe you'll you'll see, you'll see some kind of twenty-four, thirteen kind of game. Not a whole lot of excitement, but I think Texas goes on the road and comes out with a win. I do need to apologize. Um, I have picked against Tech. Maybe not even apologize. I just need to admit that I've been really wrong these past two weeks. Like, incredibly wrong. Uh, I picked USC, which I. That's the one I really regret because now we know USC is not good at doing a lot of things on the football field. With TCU, I mean, I don't know what happened, man. Like, that, that Texas team that I saw on Saturday is a different team from what they put out at FedEx Field and even against Tulsa in the second half. Um, so with that being said, uh, Texas looks a lot better than Kansas State does at this point. Um, Texas has typically struggled playing in Manhattan. It, it, sometimes it, it, it's a trap game. It could be between TCU and, and Oklahoma. Um, but this, this Kansas State team isn't what it used to be. Um, th- they're really struggling. And so I'm going to pick Texas. Um, they're nine-point favorites. And, I mean, I think that's about right. I think I'll take Texas 35, Kansas State 17. All right. So uh, a little bit more optimism, even if they're not back about this Texas team. They're not back. 
but they certainly will be back in action next week against Kansas State. Um, and then uh, following game will be Oklahoma. But I think that's about all we've got for this week. Um, if uh, if any of our lunch date picks are listening, you know, go ahead and schedule something. Michael Dixon, call Kirsten up. Cliff Kingsbury, call me up, baby. But uh, anyway, that's about all we've got for this week. Uh, big thanks to Kirsten for joining us. I've been asking her every week, do you want to be on the podcast? And she always says, you're making fun of me. And I never am. I actually invited her on. She actually came on this week. Uh, but yeah, so be sure and follow uh, Texan Sports uh, at Texan Sports on Twitter. Follow the podcast department at Texan Podcast. You can find all of our uh, podcast coverage of sports and other other events across campus. Uh, and then, yeah, be sure and check out Ross and Alex's writing, which is supported by Kirsten uh, every time, every time she's editing it uh, at DailyTexanOnline.com. But that's all we've got. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, big stakes for the Longhorns in Little, the Little Apple, as they call Manhattan. All right, we'll see you guys next time.